A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paul Hawksby. This is Sam Delaney. And this was the H&J, well it still is the H&J Daily technically. We've finished the show now. We're recording this little bit post-show to tell yes. you what's coming up in the podcast uh, you're about to hear. Well, it's mainly us having a bit of a chat about football, various other things, and uh, long-distance travelling to away games. Health and, advice from the stars. Yeah. Uh, Victoria Bourne, who reads the news here, she had a little tale for us. Sam had one. I had one. Uh, our producer, uh, John Cadogan, came in. He's He was quite shocked and stunned by his first experience of uh, the National League South, because his team, Talkie United, have gone down. Uh, you'll hear what shocked him so much. Um, and you'll hear from a Carlisle fan who took on a huge trip over the weekend to watch his team get beaten. So uh, we hope you enjoy. Did you catch any of the football at the weekend? Oh, well, I was actually in here oh, uh, yeah. uh, yesterday doing the warm-up of Andy Dawson. And uh, after that, we were recording a couple of podcasts. So I was sort of in and out, keeping half an eye on the mm. Community Shield. Um, I spent a lot of yesterday's show saying that people were underestimating Chelsea. I know Andy has been very pessimistic. Well, yeah, even when yeah. I bumped into him around, you know, TalkSport <clears throat> Towers and had a quick chat, he's very pessimistic about Chelsea's season ahead. Mm. And I confidently predicted yesterday morning on it that Chelsea were going to surprise everyone. Right. Because I've, I've spotted a pattern. Mm. What they do is they have a good season, don't they? And then the players might will get moody because they'll fall out with the manager. Mm. And then the same players will have a good season, win the league next time. It happened with Mourinho and it happened with Conte. And I'm looking at this team that they've got. Um, you, I've heard great things about the manager. Uh, Napoli were a fantastic side. He played entertaining football. He's got his main man, Giorgino, who he likes mm. to build all his teams around. And I thought, hang on, off the back of the World Cup, you look at these players, you know, Kante won the World Cup. Hazard, arguably one of the top three players in the World Cup. These players are still fantastic. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna be the team to push City closest. And as it happened, they kind of didn't really put up much of a fight. It's very all. early days. I mean, they've switched to four at the I'm going to read loads into the result of the community <laughs> shield. <laughs> That's what I do. And go lots of people say you can't read anything into it, but I'm going to buck the trend okay. and read everything into yesterday's read. game, which I only yeah. saw a few minutes of. It's great. Well, it's great to read everything in. Like, let's read yeah. everything then into the first day of the championship mm. season. Yeah, um, which means Stoke are going down, and Stoke Leeds going are going to win the title. And uh, Brentford, my preferred championship side, oh, yeah, are probably going to win it. Yeah, love to the see league. them in the prem. So yeah, that was bold uh, of, of you to stick your neck out so early. Uh, in <laughs> well, the there you campaign. go. I've done it. Yeah, uh, there was a great joy yesterday to watch a failed knee slide, and if you saw that, uh, Paulo Hernandez in the Leeds um, game against. Uh, against Stoke 
Mm. Tried that thing where the pitch in that area of the pitch wasn't quite watered enough. So he tries oh, no. the slide. It doesn't work off. You either top or forward. Because, uh, you know, you've you got no... So you your knees stick your knees, your and knees the stick. weight of your head takes you forward. That's yeah. right. And hopefully enough people kind of pile on top of you by uh, after you've scored the goal. But it just didn't work. I mean, it obviously been heavily watered and he was expecting that he would be able to slide right through. But it's been, you know, it's been very dry, hasn't it? And it was very warm. The thing is, you know, you've got to be prepared for all of these things just yeah. as you're prepared for the action in the game. Yeah. You've got to go out. And that's, what, that's one of the reasons why the players have a walk around the pitch before the game. Hmm. You've got to check out what areas are appropriate Perfect. for that Perfect kind for of ambitious celebration. Indeed. The rock stars, of course, um, who used to do knee slides with the guitars, certainly back in the big hair rock, rock era of the 80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was popular, wasn't it? Hmm. A lot of them put butter or lard on their knees before a, before Is that right? a concert well, to, to maximise the slide distance. Yeah. One of the best uh, music ones. Do you remember Niels Lofgren? You ever heard of Niels Lofgren? No. A guitar player, musician. He was a, he was a kind of sideman for many years and brought out albums in his own right. And what he used to do was, he had a kind of, he had a, a, a small trampoline, which I believe they call a trampette. Oh. Just by the side of the stage. Just, <laughs> just like out. Like Smurfette. Yeah, mm. that's it. Just um, out the corner, just, uh, I think at the side of the stage, you could just about see it. But what he would tend to do, old Niels, is at the end of a song, do you know you get the last note, ding, mm. ding, and uh, you want to oh, yeah. land yeah. Uh, on the last note when the band are Absolutely, finished. Absolutely, yeah. What he would do is they'd, and they do all that, and then the drummer's doing his bit, and then he would jump on the trumpet, do a kind of somersault or Love. a flick. With the guitar? Yeah, with the guitar. Wow. Using that as, obviously, it, getting the spring from that. Mm. Then land on his feet, and that would be the last note of the song. That's sensational. Which is impressive, isn't mm. it? I mean, it would be uh, would be great to see a few more bands doing that. You, you're not... I thought you were going to end on a... Uh, and then he, you know, somersaulted into an electrical rig, and <laughs> no, he that's did. how he well, died. he may have done over the years. No, I think he's still <laughs> with us. We also asked you today, longest trip for heaviest defeat. Uh, we salute the Carlisle 235. Hopefully we'll chat to one of them later on. They went to Exeter. We think um, it must be the longest trip in the Football League at the moment. We know Plymouth's further, but is there anybody who has to go as far as Carlisle? Exeter to to Carlisle, yeah. It's got to be. So 235 fans made the journey. A round trip, uh, we're talking down the sun, 701.2 miles, 12 hours and 10 minutes. And uh, they got cuffed, basically, 3-1. They lost. Mm. So all that way for a heavy defeat. uh, But I would say, all I would say about that is, is that... I used to go to a lot of away games with West Ham. I used to have a away season ticket for a few years. I'd go to all of them. And the truth is, is that an away game is about so much more than the result. Mm, And and indeed the game itself. I mean, sometimes the game is like a sideshow. Sometimes it's actually an annoyance. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gets in the way of the drinking. Yeah, the drinking and and the adventure and tomfoolery. I mean, nowadays, if I go to an away game, I I literally just go to watch the football and Mm. go straight back again. I'm one of those ones who's thinking about traffic the whole time. When I was a younger man, you're going to the away game, and actually, the longer the journey, the better in many ways, because the longer the journey, the more potential for fun and games. Indeed. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, Hawksby, Sam Delaney here on Talk Sports. And uh, lots to come. We're going to talk transfers. Uh, Paul Jiggins from The Sun. Look at some of the big stories of the day. Uh, but before that, um, Sam is uh, sporting a kind of small piece of yellow tape on his arm. And we thought it was some sort of odd affectation or some cult he joined. Yeah. 
but um, it's just an orange plaster. I think it's, it's, you, it's, you, it's, it's a fun plaster because you've got young kids, you have to have multicolored yeah, plasters. You have to have fun ones. I've, uh, to be honest, it's, you're lucky I'm not wearing one of the Disney princess ones <laughs> that I have had to be. I've been reduced to sporting that, that, in the past. That would have been a talking point. But this is just a, a bright orange one because I burnt my arm on the engine. Yeah. of my Vespa the other day. Right. It was graphic and horrible. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that's it. So anyway, you know, Victoria Bourne was very kindly yeah. uh, inquiring as to what the matter was. It was nice of her. We, we compared, much like that scene in Jaws, Yeah, we started comparing burns. Burns, yeah, yeah. And she's got an even better one and an even better story behind it. Yeah. I do. Tell, I... Us, tell us what your <laughs> arm burn, which is... I mean, uh, all due respect, that is quite an unsightly burn. Yeah, it was horrific. Um, so <laughs> you know how to make a girl feel special, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> um, so just to put it in context, on my wrist, on the inside of my arm, it's about two inches long hmm. and about a centimetre wide. And then there's also a patch on the outside of my hand on, on my forearm. Hmm. And this is back in April sort of time, March sort of time. And I was in a hurry trying to get out the house and I had my straighteners on and they were just draped over the side of my dresser. Yeah. And they fell, o- fell off and managed to land on my arm and clamp it. Oh, wow. Sticking to the skin. Well, and they were plugged really in. Hurt. They were red hot. They were red hot, like 200 degrees centigrade. That's yeah. how hot we're, we're yeah. talking here. And like, I was like almost crying wow. because of the pain. Almost crying. Almost. I would have been fully You're crying. You're hard. You're definitely <laughs> hard. <laughs> but you got some celebrity advice, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So I obviously ignored the fact that I was in pain, carried on with what I was doing that day. Yeah. And I didn't really want to go to hospital. One of my flatmates said, oh, you should get it checked out. I was like, no, I don't want to waste the NHS's time. You know, mm. they're, they, they have a lot of burdens, lots of things to deal yeah. with which are more important. And then about three days later, it was still looking horrendously angry. Mm. So it blistered immediately and it started to turn a not very nice yellowy colour. Yeah. And then um, working in TalkSport, often there are famous people who come in. Mm, yeah. And um, in the kitchen, there was Gloria Honeyford. Yeah, of course there was. TV stalwart. Yeah, she's always hanging around. She is, yeah. Yeah, and Matt Holland. Yeah, they, they, they spent a lot of time together. <laughs> Were they doing a show together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a fishing show together. <laughs> oh, they are fishing mm. show, yeah, Fisherman's yeah. Blues. Anyway, Gloria <laughs> caught sight of this burn on my arm and immediately was asked me what was wrong. I told yeah. her and she's just like... You need to get to hospital. Yeah. And um, well, so did Matt Holland. And it was because well, they bullied Gloria. me to going to hospital. I did. It's great. It's love the idea of Gloria and, uh, sort of poking a pencil into your open wound. So, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she's, she's, gone, she's gone, Matt, Matt, come over and have a look at this. No, sorry, yeah. look, look at this. She, she wants <laughs> to get that looked at, doesn't <laughs> she? It's going to start to smell soon, that. You better be careful. <laughs> now, um, I thought that's, I said, Sam said, that could be a little cool topic for the listeners. I said, what, medical advice from celebrities? Mm. I said, that's a cold sac mate. But, <laughs> then it struck me yeah. I'd had the same thing. Um, the, the late, great Jim Bowen was a guest in the studio about five or six years ago. And I had this bad head cold. And I was getting terrible headaches because I was kind of, de- sort of de- I needed a decongestion. Yeah. So he said, he said, are you okay? And I said, uh, I'm struggling, Jim. I'm str-. He said, I have the same problem often. He said, Sudafed. You've got to get Sudafed, he said. But mm. it's got to be... Uh, he said there was one particular variant of it that I had to buy. So there we are. Jim, there the late great Jim Bowen gave me uh, nasal decongestion <laughs> advice. Bez once advised me very from, strongly. From the Happy Mondays. From the Happy Mondays. Yeah. He advised me very strongly yeah. to get onto the apple cider vinegar. I wasn't sure. Bez being Bez, I wasn't sure what he was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, I tell you what, was, you want to get That was probably on. the last thing you he expected goes, him to say. I tell you what, I'm bang on. And I thought, oh, blimey. Here we go. And he yeah. went, apple cider vinegar. And as he said it, I could smell it on his breath. 
<laughs> and he's he's a devotee. And I didn't know about this, but yeah. if you Google it, there's a lot of people who are absolutely devoted to wow. drinking apple cider vinegar. It has all sort of you heard of this, Victoria? Yeah. So I live in a very pretentious part of London, and right. lots of people there drink it for yeah. their gut health. And well, Bez wow. just lives in Wales in a commune for real, <laughs> wow. and he says they're all on it. And he's, but when he's got mm. a thought like that in his head, he won't let up about it. So look, like, he's like, get it down yet. He wouldn't stop. <laughs> we said it was a cul-de-sac. We've all got one. Mm. So, uh, okay then. Health advice and in what context from the stars? Let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for sticking around. Back uh, at three o'clock. Oh, and news. by the way, Victoria's a vegan as well. We'll let her go now. But yeah. she is. Said, we were talking about veganism before. She's, she's a vegan. She's, she says it's yeah. awful. She knows much about the, she, <laughs> no, knows, no, she knows much about the transfer market. She can stick around. Yeah. So, um, John Cadogan, our producer, has joined us. A long-suffering talkie fan, the co-host with Charlie Baker of the National Obsession podcast. Um, John, have you got? Have you had any medical advice from the stars? No. Okay. Uh, well, we'll move on. But Are you, you a vegan, John? No. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't join in maybe no, as much as we'd hope. But. It must well, she'd be go in the difficult. kitchen more often. She's usually there. <laughs> any any fans of sides that had been relegated to a division that was kind of alien territory for them? If you've kind of yo-yoed between divisions, you know what it would expect maybe from League One or the Championship. But when you've never been in a division, you don't quite know what to expect. That must be quite difficult. And uh, Torquay United, of course, a league club for many years, dropped into the National League. Uh, and last season, dropped even further into the National League South. So, John, this was your first experience of National League South football, wasn't it? It was. I, f- I thought the National League was bad. Um, <laughs> this was. We're going to go to some places this year, I think. This was really, really bad. And you kicked off at Chelmsford City. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's always promising when the first thing you see as you walk into the ground is a discus cage. <laughs> <laughs> you, couldn't, you don't get that old Trafford, do you? No, no you don't. You couldn't see the pitch because it was obscured by a mm. discus cage and a running track. First thing Fergie did when he took over at Old Trafford, wow. you read his memoir, he said, yeah. get rid of that get cage. Get rid of the discus he cage. just started making changes I immediately. Want, that want, was the way he worked. The long jump pit must be gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, was it was that, the, that so that's the first shock. Yeah, that kind of set the tone really for the uh, for the rest of the afternoon which was it was 90 minutes of of heading basically <laughs> heading the ball the ball would land the defender would then hoof it again yeah. another defender would then head it back and then that was sort of so repeated for 90 quite minutes. Quite good fun. Not a, in a spectacle, not as in a, a game of football, but a different sort of a thing that is enjoyable in its own right. I, it wasn't even kind of perversely enjoyable. Oh, it was okay. Just, All right. I was, was trying to make the best of it. So yeah. you've <laughs> noticed you've, there's a discernible drop off you feel between the National League and the National League South. I didn't. Yeah, I really, I didn't think there would be. You would have thought. It's all the same once mm. you get to that level, but it really was. I, I found I saw the scoreboard ticking over to seventy minutes and thought, okay, we're, in, we're into the home stretch here. <laughs> There's a light oh, at the end God. of the tunnel. Please make it stop. But I said, I, I was thinking, I know, I've watched Torquay play at like Hillsborough in yeah. a competitive game, mm. like thirty thousand people. I've seen this play at Wembley. Now I'm hearing them. Athletic Stadium in Chelmsford. <laughs> so, what, have you have you looked at what's to come? I mean, if you are a National League South side. Uh, maybe let us, us know, and we'll pass it on to John. Of course, he's, he's the producer, so he'll be nominally listening, certainly if Neighbours isn't on, or Diagnosis Murder. So we'll hear this. So he's gone to Chelmsford City. You may find there could be National League South fans out saying, Chelmsford City, mate, is is uh, is like the new Spurs stadium compared with some of the others. <laughs> well, I talked to Fletcher earlier, Ben Fletcher from the Sports Breakfast, yeah. Sports Reader, the Woking fan, and they were at East Thurrock mm. at the weekend, and apparently that is the worst. Oh, is it really? That is the worst in the league. 
So East Thurrock is the one to look at. So out what about. did you notice it was it cheaper to get a drink or a pie? I mean that was that was that process was any upside of the National League South? It was fifteen quid to get in still. Fifteen quid fifteen pounds. Wow, that's a lot of money. It's one of those odd things. Obviously, uh, I don't know what Chelsea City charge for a season ticket, but I'm guessing it's about fifteen pounds. So if you're a loyal, <laughs> if you're a loyal well fan, yeah. they look after you. But if you just want to rock up and watch a game, sometimes at grounds they like make that, though, there are novelties like you can just wander around. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't have to stay on the pitch. Own stand. Yeah, on the pitch. You, you wander into the cage, <laughs> uh, throw a discus or two. Yeah. You wander <laughs> around, and you know, it's it was, sort of, there's uh, a novelty to that. It was unsegregated, so I was stood next to a Chelmsford fan who's, who was suddenly oh. about halfway through the first half so I started having a go. Then having a dig and having a go at Torquay, saying you'll really? never win the league like this. Oh wow! wow. Is this, he was he part new. of their firm? I think he was. He was their the firm. Hooligan. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you tell him where to stick his discus. <laughs> so look, if you've if what was the that that moment maybe as a fan when you went down for the first time into a new division? What were the things that stood out for you? That real shock moment that like John discovered it for him. He'll he'll always remember when when the club is bought by Britain's richest man. And they are in the Premier League. They're, mm. they're vying with City to win the title in the Champions League. You know, look back as the low point was the uh, the discus slash uh, hammer. Well, he'll, he'll be coming on when yeah. they're going for the title. Mm. Just like Steve Anglesey, yeah. obviously rightly, reminds us that he was there when things were really grim. Indeed. And you'll be mm. saying, I was there when we were playing in front of a discus cage at Chelmsford <laughs> City in 2018. Don't worry about that. I'm not one of these thousands of new plastic Torquay fans. <laughs> yeah. They're all walking around proud in their Torquay shirts. Yeah, they're all around they London. Are. Anyway. Can I just say, can we break? Yeah, we should. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's, past, it's late. brilliant. We, yeah, we are late. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, it is Paul Hawksby and uh, Sam Delaney with you through until 4 o'clock. Adrian returns this afternoon. He is alongside Darren Goff and Drive at 4. You've been telling us various things this afternoon. That is the longest distance you travelled for a defeat after 235 Carlisle fans went to Exeter to lose uh, this weekend. 700 miles, uh, 12 hours, 10 minutes. Not the longest of the season we discovered earlier on. Um, Plymouth Sunderland, of course, now they're in League One. We were told by the Plymouth fan that's going to be a bit of a beast. I remember travelling from Norwich to Blackburn to see us get spanked 7-1 in 1992. Mine and my brother's move was not up by having to go round to my auntie's for tea afterwards, whose entire family were Rovers fans and season ticket holders. Oh, no. Shit, I, can't, I'm so, I think it was decent of you just to go. Oh, I was going straight home. Um, RML says he's travelled from Bournemouth to Carlisle. Hmm. Hell of a schlep, that one. 
to, to see them get relegated. Oh, All really? the way to Carlisle to get relegated. Our producer, uh, John Cadogan, he's a talker United fan. He came in earlier on to uh, tell us about his trip to Chelmsford City. They have been relegated to uh, the uh, Conference South, and it was a bit of a culture shock. He thought there was a very discernible difference in the quality of the football he'd witnessed in the National League. Um, But um, we asked about some of the other shows, those moments when you've gone down a division you've never been in before. And uh, Paul said, I had that moment with City, it proves how far they've come, at Wickham Wanderers away. We'd lost 1-0. And he said it was the car park on a muddy hill, wondering how I was going to get the car away as it was raining. Oh, they've come a long way, City, haven't they? So (laughs) you always get a moment when you think, wow, what's happened to this once great club? You know, and players get it too, as John Hartson was just explaining. And I I was seeing before the show that I'm reading that fantastic book. Uh, It's been out for years now about... Duncan Hamilton's book. Yeah, award winner, wasn't it? Duncan Hamilton, Provided You Don't Kiss Me. Fantastic book about Brian Clough. And he he tells a great story about how how Cloughy knew that players, there was that wake-up moment where, you know, players realised the the full implications of dropping a division. Mm. And in in the late Mm. 70s, he'd wanted to sign Peter Shilton for a while. He'd tried to sign him at both Derby and Leeds and been unsuccessful. And uh, Shilton was playing for Stoke and they'd got relegated from from the old first division. And Cluffy was biding his time to put a bid in because Shilton had suggested he might stay loyal to Stoke and stay down there. And he saw that Stoke's first away game in the second division was at Mansfield. Hmm. And he said, I knew what it was like at Mansfield's home ground. He said, I knew that it would be the moment where Shilton got a real strong taste of just what sort of a level he'd dropped down to. He said, I'm going to wait till he plays Mansfield Town. And that night, I'm going to put the call in after the game. <laughs> so he waited and he waited and he did it for the exact time he goes. Because that's the exact moment as he walks off the pitch that Peter Shilton will be thinking, I've got to get a move back to Division 1. Wow. And so it proved. He rang him up just after the game. He said, yeah, I've got to come back to the First Division, make it happen. It worked. It so worked. He, 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 and, and he got the moment timed it right. perfectly because he knew that exact moment that you're talking about, Cluffy knew all about it. Wow. And he Schultz knew exactly was, when it would hit. Shields was played. Yeah. And now, uh, John also mentioned that. Well, I said, have you heard much about any of the other grounds that you'll be going to this season with Torquay United? And he'd heard East Thurrock was uh, possibly the worst experience he could encounter. Adam uh, says, oh, well, East Thurrock may be the worst stadium, but it's only £13 to get in. Bargain compared to the 15 at Chelmsford City. <laughs> uh, he said, I got to see Martin Tyler, the assistant uh, Woking manager, and Paul Koncheski as well. Come on, you rocks, he says. So uh, not all bad news. Uh, Mark Holland rather ominously says, wait till Torquay John sees the mural at Billericay Town. Cool. So we look forward to that. And he doesn't elaborate on it. Uh, no, he doesn't. I mean, he's just left it to the him. The mind boggles. Gravesend Spotter says, first couple of seasons in the championship as a Saints fan were painful, but it became fun in League One. Some of the grounds are awesome. So it's not all bad. Uh, that's the good news. And Craig Kent says, unfortunately, John Callaghan is morphing into Andy Jacobs, uh, the way he talks about Torquay. Well, you know, we did say... Uh, while we're on the road trip in Russia, that basically he's become mini-me, really. He's getting very much like That can Andy. happen. It can happen. You spend a lot of time with someone, they can rub off on you. Mm. Uh, well done to uh, Watford uh, for bucking the trend of um, football sculptures and busts because uh, they, um, I don't know if you've seen it, they unveiled a, a, a tribute, a statue of uh, Graham Taylor at the weekend. And um, it's a, it, it is bucking the trend because A, it looks like him, and B, it's very good. And it's a bench. So I take it there will be an opportunity, as many people did, uh, the people there at the unveiling, including 
uh, Graham's wife, to kind of sit on the bench, to be part of it, to be part of the old family and, and have a picture taken. So great, look at Graham it. Taylor it's, is it's sat excellent. on a bench. It's Let's a, have a look. It's excellent, isn't it? It's really good. He sat on a bench there mm. with one of you know where he was at his happiest. Well, the, you've got to choose what era, Graham Taylor, when you are the sculptor. Graham Taylor had at least two, possibly three yeah. separate well, they, spells. Well, this is very much, Watford. this is the great side he built. This with, is the know, early this, 80s yeah. John Barnes Luther Blissett side. Yeah, this is this is the great side he built. Looking at, yeah, so, uh, but it's excellent. Well done to everybody. It's really, really good. So I'll uh, try and get along myself and uh, have, have a look when Spurs, that, will when Spurs, I will. Yeah, yeah. I, quite, I did like Graham, actually. He was a nice man. So, um, Paul, what else do you we know how to? to spot a liar? Are you good at, <laughs> at, at um, scrutinising people? Uh, to establish whether or not they're telling you the truth. I mean, you're a journalist, so you sort of have to well, be. I suppose, yeah, to an extent. I know you, you, you and Andy Dawson yesterday, you, you you happened upon, you had some great ones, didn't we you? We had some great ones. We we had uh, we were just asking for people's most elaborate lies ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Metro today has a report based on some sort of spurious science, mm-hmm. I'm sure, which uh, tells you exactly how to tell if someone is telling lies, the telltale signs. Uh, the liar may slouch and shrink to make right. themselves smaller. Yeah. I would never do that if I was lying. I would make myself bigger because you need to appear to be bold and confident in your lie, don't you? Oh, right. uh, they may lean away from the person they're lying to. The liar may cross their legs so that their top leg blocks the person they're lying to. They mm. may sit with their back half turned towards the person they're lying. What? <laughs> This is like, the, whoever this per this, this, yeah. this is the description of the worst liar of all time. Uh, the liar may also self-soothe to calm themselves by repeatedly touching their face or rubbing their forehead. Wow. I don't think any accomplished liars do any of these things. Uh, <laughs> the good I was, ones, yeah. I was watching a fantastic spy drama called mm. The Bureau, which is French. Oh, yeah. Because I'm quite sophisticated. Oh, yeah, you can read the subtitles. And... In it, someone was, was, this was last week, I was watching an episode of my wife and someone had to undergo a um, polygraph. Oh, yeah. And in it, they teach you, the the intelligence services teach you how to cheat a polygraph test. And it's really easy, I thought. And I said casually to my missus, I'd easily pass one of those. And she went, what? And I went, I would easily pass a lie detector test. And there was a long pause. Mm. In which I realised what I'd more or less said. Yeah. And it was the wrong thing to say to your wife. That she you're went, a good liar. Yes. That's what I'd <laughs> said. Why would you say that? I was just, I was just commenting on a show that we were watching together, but it was a daft confession that to make, really, wasn't it? wasn't your finest hour. Um, do you want to hear what the best lie was yesterday? Oh, yeah, go on then, yeah. We gave a golden lie out at mm-hmm. the end. Uh, we had about 100 lies that yeah. we got through. But my favourite one was someone who, who tweeted in and said that when he was at primary school, he had told his best friend, Ben, in very earnest tones one playtime, that he was a robot. He's gone, Ben, come over here, I've got something to tell you. Don't tell him on this, right? But I'm a robot, okay? And when Ben said he didn't believe him, mm. he punched him in the face. And then, to stop Ben from crying, he ate a spider. That's a that's a great lie, isn't it? Well, that's the mark. That's the mark of a of a droid, isn't it? Really, yeah. if you uh, he said, if you don't believe me, watch you, this. I'm going to eat a spider. That'll let's... stop you crying after I robot punched you. And he and he believed him, did he? He didn't believe him. No, Maybe he just stopped it, crying. Post spider, post spider, did he believe for long him? enough? I don't think the the, the the eating the spider was designed <clears throat> to make him believe him. It was sort of like a distraction. How old was, was like, he in his twenties? This bloke? Well, no, no, this was at primary oh, school. Oh, okay, fair enough. So okay. he's punched him. Yeah, and then he's thought, I'd better stop him crying before the teachers take notes. So he thought, if I eat this spider, yeah. it'll stop him crying. It worked. 
Now, um, I believe the term that the kids use is orcs, right? Mm. Um, because uh, well done to uh, Georgia Hall, who uh, won the women's open at the weekend. Fantastic work, the British Open, or the yeah, the uh, the Rico Women's Britain Open. Let's give it its proper title. Okay. Um, but her dad was on her bag. He was a he was a caddy. Right. But that was only because um, her previous caddy she'd shoved off the bag for this big event was her boyfriend. Oh, man. So the boyfriend's off the bag. I mean, she was saying, oh, it's all fine. He understands. So the boyfriend's off the bag, and Dad takes up the bag. She goes and wins the uh, the uh, British Open. That is all. So that's going to be You're right. That was that's the, the be correct issues. deployment of yeah, that. You I mean, I don't know what it means. But uh, anyway, um, I do. Uh, Mike <laughs> Dean, uh, the well-known Premier League referee, yeah. um, was uh, also at the Open. He was on the bag of uh, Welsh golfer Lydia Hall. Mm. And because he, he's a keen golfer, right? And uh, I think maybe he's eyeing the future, but he wants to do a bit more caddying. So, Mike, uh, Mike Dean, uh, if you were there and you're thinking that looks like referee. the old Premier League ref, yeah, he, yeah, he was uh, he was on the five handicapper, Mike. He's Fair also, enough. I understand, a ballroom dancer, very good ballroom dancer, Mike Dean. Yeah, he's a Renaissance man. Well, I know he's a polymath. If you want to, incredible. If you uh, just wouldn't it be nice, maybe one of his last games, he just sort of some really fancy footwork. That he'd suddenly yeah. go into. I suppose when you when I'm watching him run, watching him like run backwards, mm. then he kind of he intertwines little, the legs. Made it a bit balletic. Yeah, that might be. Or he came nice. onto the pitch like Brucey used to come onto Strictly before he did his opening line. He'd yeah. sort of <clears throat> just start doing a little tap dance routine, wouldn't he? That's a nice it's idea. Nice yeah, if he see. can come and if he can make a bit more of your entrance, Mike, that would be uh, that would be fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Uh, Two hundred and thirty-five Carlisle fans uh, started this season with a trip to Exeter. In the searing heat right across the UK. Took them 12 hours and 10 minutes, 701 miles just over uh, to see their team lose. But that's, that's the joy of football fandom. Uh, John Ireland was among them. Hi, hi, John. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thanks, John. Yeah, well, well done. Congratulations uh, uh, for, for taking this on. I mean, uh, are, you, are you a regular attendee of away games? Yeah, I, I probably, um, I'll probably miss about five five or six games home and away every season sort of thing. That's mainly due to work commitments, unfortunately. Right. Carlisle United always held up, John, as the sort of... It's almost like Carlisle United are the furthest away game for anyone. Like, you're so remote. But yeah, what? Yeah. So all of your away games must be pretty tricky. What, who are your local rival? Who's the nearest club that you go to on a regular basis? Got Morecambe, they're 100 miles, but any anybody within 150 miles, we sort of class as a bit of a local derby, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> I would like to see how many teams can say that in the league. So how, do, how did you do it? Talk us through the journey um, well, this weekend then. Well, up at four o'clock, showered, and I set off. To, I, live in, I don't live in Carl, I live in West Cumbria sort of thing, so it's a 40-mile journey to Penrith to catch the... The coach coming down from Carlisle, right, and then uh, suffered a horrific traffic round about the Bristol area. So it um, it took us maybe a couple of hours longer than it should have done to actually get there. But uh, leaving Cumbria, it was dull and a bit drizzly, and got to Exeter. I think it must have been about thirty degrees, sort of thing. So we turned up with jackets on. Everybody else is in flip flops and trainers <laughs> and shorts. <laughs> so how long was it in the end? How long did the whole journey to get there take you? Um, well, left. I left home at uh, quarter to five in the morning mm. and we got down to Exeter. I think it was about half past one. Okay. So, uh, however many hours that is, is quite a few. Yeah. Mm. And um, uh, and what about the, now the performance itself uh, wasn't the greatest. 3-1 defeat, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the third goal came in added time at the end of the game. And mm. to be honest, Carlisle's fairly new. They've got a new team together, a lot of youngish lads in, a uh, new manager. And I mean, we were a bit. Exeter looked good. I mean, they're a well established League Two team now. Yeah. Two playoff finals in the last two seasons. Um, they dominated pretty much the first, most of the first half. I mean, we hit the bar, we could equalise at 1 1. We got a goal back from 2 0 down. Two sloppy, really, goals on Carlisle's behalf. But. Um, and as I say, the second half, after the first five or ten minutes, it was pretty much Carlisle all the way, really. But um, it was, uh, unfortunately, them have got a breakaway in, I think, 94th minute and scored a third goal, which makes it look a bit more of a... Uh, makes the defeat look a bit yeah. probably worse than what it was. But I believe there's been quite a few negative comments said about Carlisle. But I, I, I was quite quietly confident that uh, John Sheridan will get, get his act together and get it turned around. Um, so... When you left, you, straight after the game, you're back in the coach five o'clock. What time did you finally get back home? Uh, got back home just, just before quarter one in the morning and I was up again at half past three to go to work first 12-hour first shift. Wow. <laughs> is it, do you enjoy the travel or is it just all about the destination? Is it all about um, just seeing your team or do you like the experience of travelling so many miles around the country? I, I honestly don't mind it. You mean... Uh, the coach I go with, I know most of the people on the coach, they're all uh, brilliant people and ultimate, you know, they, they travel come hella high water sort of thing, as like myself, and they travel the length and breadth of the country. As I say, the good people that I travel with, so that, that breaks your journey up and, mm. um, as I say, and I, I don't really mind the journey, yeah. Well, John, lovely to talk to you and well done. The fact you got back at one then, went and did a 12-hour shift at three is uh, is fantastic. I'm sure I'm, they, they should salute you to club, I think, for... Uh, for the support you give them. So good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Yeah, that our local team, as I say, would, would do come hella high waters and thick and thick and thin, generally thin, unfortunately, for Carlisle. <laughs> but uh, we'll have our day, I'm sure. Good stuff. All the best, John. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. There we John Ireland there, one of the Carlisle 235 who went all the way to Exeter and back. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Sam, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. For your help over the last uh, couple of days. I'm sure we'll catch up with you on Talk See you soon. soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love Enjoy. you. Love everyone. Enjoy listening. the season. Thank you. Enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, You're very excited about well, West Ham We're going to win the league this season. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty certain. So <laughs> that should be enjoyable for me and all other West Ham fans. Of course, yeah. And me as a Spurs fan. Oh, it'll be so. awful for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, thanks for downloading us. Andy is back tomorrow from one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.